My guest today is Mr. Richard Hartheis, the project director of the Penn Syndication Fiction Project, and we're going to be discussing the programs and services for short story authors. Um, hello, nice to have you here. Good morning, delighted. Uh, let's start with um, a discussion of Penn itself, the parent organization. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. Penn uh, is an anagram for poets, essayists, and novelists. It um, was founded in 1925 by John Galsworthy uh, as a kind of service organization for writers to, to, what shall we say, increase cooperation and dialogue between writers of the world. Uh, since then, there are 82 world centers, and um, one of the main goals is to protect freedom of speech for writers as well as look at uh, human rights issues for writers, uh, similar to Amnesty International, I suppose you'd say, for the writing Mm -hmm. uh, writing world, but it does have a number of uh, special projects such as uh, our own, um, Poets in Prisons, the Penn Fiction Project, um, and by relation the Penn Faulkner Project as well mm -hmm. here in the district. Now this uh, Penn uh, Syndication Fiction Project, could you tell us a little bit about it? Well yes, in 1982 I guess it was, the um, National Endowment for the Arts had always sort of looked with nostalgia at that uh, golden period in American literature when uh, great American writers such as Bret Hart, Stephen Crane, Faulkner, Hemingway uh, really found their audience in American newspapers. Um, I'm sure many people remember Collier's Magazine, a number of other publications which featured the short story, but with production costs and so forth and the media competition, um, the short story kind of fell out of favor with the American reading public, and so they were anxious to try to bring a, a renaissance for this uh, short story form. What they did was they did a, a survey or to try to find out a study to see how well it might work under Nancy Hanks, uh, who was then the chairperson for the National Endowment for the Arts. Leonard Randolph was there at that time, Mary MacArthur, and then recently uh, Frank Conroy were supporters of this project. At any rate, they set up this project uh, and invited Pan American Center to help uh, sponsor it and to, to run the project. Um, Penn had sort of an infrastructure which would enable them to, to manage the project with uh, 2,000 writers in its own membership. Um, so they invited 10 American newspapers, major ones, um, papers such as the Chicago Tribune, the Kansas City Star, um, the San Francisco Chronicle, and so forth, to participate, and they did. And um, we began to hold two national competitions each year. Um, awarding about a hundred writers each year uh, a major prize um, and then each time the papers pick up one of the stories the project then pays the author an additional $150 so the uh, author can get not only uh, some financial compensation but uh, we like to think of ourselves as the Pulitzer Prize of the short story if you wish we have very distinguished judges and uh, we're working very hard to to bring this short story back um, it's grown and it's done very well. We now have 11 million readers. We've added some additional papers. We recently got the, the uh, Baltimore Sun as our, a local paper. We're real hopeful that someday the Washington Post or the Washington Times will pick us up. That would be nice. And that uh, would be very appreciated since we are a local project or based here. Um, and we also hope that someday someone like uh, the Caffritz Foundation or one of the major D.C. foundations will, will come to support us as well. We've had good support from oh, various sources, state arts councils around the country, private foundations, but uh, we're always looking for that great uh, 
Dr. Pepper or Exxon <laughs> or somebody <laughs> who's going right, to uh-huh. pick up a major share of the, of the project. Well, I, I imagine that uh, one of the purposes of this project would be to get uh, newspapers in general, besides the sponsored ones around the country, to start paying authors, fiction writers, um, for works that they would publish either on a serialized basis or in, um, in Sunday magazines. Has this happened? Has it spread beyond the... occurring in the short story form, I think that's certainly true. Whether there's a carryover and or whether writers are indeed getting more money for their work, newspapers have a, something of a, a special situation. They get copy, they get wire service uh, free, uh, and so space is a very valuable commodity for them. Uh, every page that they don't uh, use in terms of advertising, um, well, you know, you see my point here, that they uh, we're just very glad, although the papers do make a, a kind of nominal contribution to the project for the for the material, we're just very glad to have the space, which is very valuable space. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to think, yeah, well, in fact, we have one paper called the um, the Oregonian in uh, north in the Northwest, which uh, is now beginning to run its own competition. So I guess imitation is the highest form of flattery, and and. Uh, we see it as a very big umbrella, and the more we can do for writers, the better. Mm-hmm. I think um, one of my personal goals is to to find the occasional writer who may not have uh, all the credentials or may not have a national reputation, but someone that we can kind of pick up and say, wow, here it is. This is a great writer. And, uh-huh. and uh, I can think of one in particular of, of late, someone who I've never met yet, so there's no nepotism here, but it's, uh, Bill Meisner is, uh, has won our competition a couple times. and That's um, uh, a familiar name. Where is he from? Uh, it's the Midwest. Uh, I knew you'd ask there. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, don't, it, I may know some other Meisners. Meisner. Uh, I think it's in, um, in Milwaukee, as a matter uh-huh. of fact. But he's, he's written very charming stories about a young father and his uh, son and kind of watching his son grow and watching his son's reactions and growing carrots together and wondering how spring turns on carrots. And, and, uh, and they're, they're extremely fine stories. There are other heavier stories, if you wish, stories which deal with... Um, we had Governor Lamb from Colorado, for example, write a story on uh, death and dying. Uh, uh, stories on Vietnam, um, the, the the full range. We've had well-known writers such as Joyce Carol Oates win, as well as uh, newcomers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we're excited about the scope of the project and what we're we're able to. You need to have those those well-known writers so that the papers will have the glamour of picking up uh, such well-known people. But to uh, develop new writers is, is kind of important, too. Yeah, I think very important. Um, Beyond that yeah. as well, we're, we are now, as the project is maturing, we hope, for example, this fall to, um, on October 3rd, we're going to have a one-day short story conference at the University of Maryland. And very excited about that. We're going to bring some major world-class scholars. Um, Joyce Kornblatt will moderate the program there. And then people like Richard Abrams, um, the editor of the O. Henry Prize, um, Josephine Jacobson from Baltimore, a number of really fine uh, writers and critics, and uh, and uh, Frank Conroy will be there as well. And we're going to really look at the short story form from a kind of academic perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Library of Congress last year helped us by inviting three of our top ten winners. We What we did was we chose all the stories which had been published the previous year, how, and much, then, uh, how many ap- how many stories did you get to, to have to choose from? Good. Well, this 
We've just finished our fifth competition, which is um, ended in March, and we had 2,000 applicants. Um, Grad, when the story first, when the project first began, the idea was to try to really aim for quality work, the, the best material we could possibly get, it with with the view of of attracting newspapers, and so there were eligibility requirements. This last competition, we have gradually weaned ourselves away from that. And I'm happy to say that there were no eligibility requirements uh, last competition, and the quality of the work was was still very high. So, so anyone can submit a story. That's how we ran the last one. I'm hoping that we can continue this, although, with that many uh, applicants with a very small staff, you can imagine it's, it's quite a lot of <laughs> screening and reading. Do a lot of reading. Yeah, a lot uh -huh. of reading. Uh huh. Some good, some not so good. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> Tell us if you would a little bit about the uh, short story collection that we have here. Right. Um, we have just, well, not too recently, but in September, we brought out the Available Press Short Story Collection. It's brought out by Ballantine Books with an introduction by Ann Tyler. The idea here, well, Ballantine is a division of Random House, and uh, it's a nice press, actually. What, what they, the idea is to use this major press in kind of downtime, and so this was a uh, we were it was a commercial venture, but uh, it was something of the labor of love by Ballantine as well. They 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 ran this at night when they or something, you know. Uh -huh. At any rate, it's it's a beautiful book, and it includes many of the winners of the first two competitions. And um, I came in to the project about a year and a half ago, and this was already in the works. Um, so I didn't particularly choose the stories, although I did some editing. Um, I think I can say, however, that there were we had more famous writers, if you wish, mm -hmm. that would have gone into this collection. But we really chose to make it a kind of um, serious experiment to see if we could bring out some new writers and, and try to include work that might be a little bit riskier, a mm -hmm. little bit more dangerous. Uh, and it's been extremely well-reviewed already in the New York Times, the oh. Chicago Sun, and it's, it's made kind of a splash. Good, and, and we're, we're real happy It is available it. in bookstores generally. It mm -hmm. is, right? It's... Uh, Eight ninety-five, very reasonable price, I think. For good. It. And uh, one last question for people who are interested in finding out more about the project or Penn in general: um, Is there some way they can get in touch with you? Do you have an address, phone number? And sure. it is in Washington mm -hmm. D.C. Yes, isn't we it? are. Well, mm -hmm. actually, it's in the Bethesda, but uh -huh. the greater Washington area. We uh, we share space with the Writers Center. Um, we are in the book, but our phone number is three zero one six five six. 7484, and we're always there, uh, available to anyone who'd like to know a little bit more about the project or our programs. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks very much for having me here. Uh, my guest has been Mr. Richard Hartheis, Project Director of the Penn Syndication Fiction Project, and this is Steve Grad for Dialogue.